another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate Sinclair. Today's podcast is about your birth guide. Um, the four things that you'll get out of today's podcast are, number one, you'll understand um, what a birth guide is. Um, number two, you will uh, know the difference between a birth guide and, you know, the difference between a birth guide and a spirit guide. Number three is you'll learn how to connect with your birth guide. And number four, which is the most interesting, <laughs> is how to have a relationship with your birth guide. You know, what does that mean to you? How does that feel? How is that supposed to integrate? And really how to interact with your birth guide for the rest of your life. Because after all, they're your birth guide. So we'll go into each of these four topics around your birth guide. And because it can, you know, anything with the spirit, with the soul can feel so abstract. I, in the beginning of my journey, I used to have teachers. Um, I used to go to things and people would just say, you know, just close your eyes and get the name of your angel. And oh my God, obviously that was not going to happen. And <laughs> excuse me. So I would leave there feeling frustrated and super not psychic and more disconnected than ever because I couldn't just, you know, close my eyes and it would just be, right? So I realized, because this is what was true for me, that you need more context, you know? Um, and again, we're not talking about something you don't know about. <laughs> Excuse me here, my tickle is already coming we are talking about something that has been around you since the day you were born. So it's, um, you know, again, when, when there's something that's always been around you, you are sometimes less likely to understand it because it, it's so natural to you. So this information that I bring, I want to honor that part of you that we're talking about something you've already experienced. It's just that nobody ever told you that is what that was. And, um, there's lots of myths and bullshit around the topics and subjects of guides in general. So I want to just narrow this down for you so that we go to a finer point so that we narrow this energy and information down. So you know exactly what I'm talking about and begin to have, um, the awareness of how to experience and interact with this specific being, um, that can quite frankly, just help you have the best life you can because it's the one being in all of creation. Well, other than your creator, right? That, um, what they say is, so let, let's just jump into it. Right? So number one, what is a birth guide? Well, the birth guide is a being and I think it's helpful. It was helpful for me. They are just people, right? So you know, in all of my studies, what I understand, and then now that I've experienced it, you know, let's just say they're a being such as yourself. And let's just say on the other side, before you come into the body, you have made agreements with other spirits. 
such as yourself to, you know, for different roles, right? So we agree with like our human family, what roles will fulfill for each other. We'll agree, you know, they call it a life contract. And I, I have experienced that to be a hundred percent true where there are people and like destination destinations that you do need to hit in your life's plan to make sure you're on track to come to do what you've come to do while in body. And this, this birth guide is another being that we've agreed. Okay. You hold my contract. You keep me in alignment with the plans that I had for this lifetime. And so I, I want to normalize that they are a being like yourself, but the reverence for them comes from their they've got the lens of being, let's just say on the other side or in the heavenly dimension. So they have insight you don't have while you're in a body. Um, so that's the reverence for our birth guides where, um, we begin to trust them so fully because they know, because they know what we've come to do. So if your birth guide says, uh, no, 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 don't go that direction. That will just be a complete road to hell for you. <laughs> um, you know, I go, okay, you know, okay, that's not for me. And I hard stop that where before, you know, when I didn't understand birth guides, uh, let's just say if my birth guide said turn right, I would turn left because I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> you know, it was just ridiculous. So, um, um, the birth guide is the being that you have agreed to hold your contract to help guide you to the plan for your life, right? So it, we're not living a life for our birth guide. We're living a life for our soul and the being, you know, like on call right there in every moment to help you live that life is your birth guide. Okay. And again, I just want to put a fine point on that. They are a being such as yourself. So they're just a normal spirit, but they have that insight of being in a broader dimension. Okay. Okay. Number two, what is the difference between a birth guide and a spirit guide? So my experience and my studies can, you know, through my studies and then I, you know, confirming it through my lifelong experience is that spirit guides come in for like a specific energy. So, um, for some people, I, I saw this with one client, she didn't really have a natural motherly energy about her and, uh, you know, like the guide wasn't there. And then all of a sudden the guide was there. There was a, a guide there to sort of download, encourage, and teach this woman how to better be a mother. And then, you know, not, you know, maybe like a year later she got pregnant and had a baby. And so, um, whether it be something like that, like to become a better mother, it gives the energy, it encourages you, it um, guides you on what steps to take and how to just how to do that. Right. So some people have creative guides where they're, they're helping you, um, whether it's like your professional life purpose, they can be of value to guide you where you need to go creatively and, or it could be a creative guide that helps you do creation to ground you into your life. So maybe a really healing and grounding thing for you specifically would be to 
you know, get into arts and uh, crafts and write and things like that. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so some people that were maybe meant to write like a specific thing in this life, like to be a teacher or to write or to communicate a certain, um, let's just say a Roman, you know, like, I don't know why I keep coming back to Roman empire stuff. That's kind of freaky, but let's just say, um, if you're supposed to write some great work on the Roman empire, you would have, you would absolutely have a spirit guide that would provide you with the knowledge and would guide you in your research studies and help you form that, which you wanted to say about that subject. So, um, they do what they do. They guide you on specific things. So birth guide is your life purpose guide. It guides you to the contract you've had to come in to do in this life where spirit guides are more, um, you know, they're more into one specific area of your life typically, right? Obviously there can be a spirit guide that is more broad. I have a, another guide that is not my birth guide, but he is far more broad and, um, is sort of like my birth guides backup, which I never thought about it that way, but yeah, my birth guide probably needs backup. <laughs> anyway. Okay. That's nice to know. So yeah, he's been, he's been with me for like 20 years and I never thought about that. And he probably, um, came to me when I was guided to go to New York city at 20 years old in, as a matter of fact. And I do remember, um, being guided to go to New York city. And it was the first time I really felt this like surrender energy where I was like, I'm totally out of my league here. I'm just gonna just play dumb and just ask, you know, which direction, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I get there? And really be in that surrender mode. That was probably the first time in my life I was able to do that. And when I think about it logically, oh, that was probably around the time that guide showed up. Um, so it was a different way that I surrendered in my life and really demanded guidance because I was totally in a new, um, environment. Okay. Number three, how do I connect with my birth guide? Okay. So for me, um, this is like secret Kate St. Clair stuff. Like this is what I teach my students. And this is the only way I was able to figure this out. You guys. Um, okay. So nobody guided me to like, nobody told me to do this. So this is, I think I shared a little bit with you guys in another podcast, but, um, I forced myself. It's like, I didn't know how to do that. So I felt guided to sit down every day at like two o'clock and meditate. And so what I would do is I would sit down, I'd get a journal. I would get like spirit cards specifically. I always, when I do teaching, I always call them kind cards. So like, um, guided cards that are only full of positive, beautiful messages. Um, and I would pull two cards and I would say, who is with me and what do I need to know? So I would pull those two cards. I would write down the card that I pulled for each of those questions. I would do a specific, um, like purifying my aura, uh, meditation for like 10 minutes. And then just for five minutes, I would witness and listen and look right. So I'm in meditation and I'm paying attention to what I'm 
what I think I'm thinking, right? Which is how clear audience comes in. And then I'm like paying attention, really paying attention, but in a surrendered way to what images come up in my head. Obviously the first like two months I just was thinking, you know, grocery shopping in my head and thinking about all the horrible things in my past, <laughs> you know, those two months were not pretty, but even in those first two months, I saw an image of a guide and she, I heard it, I heard in my thinking mind, I heard I'm your birth guide and she gave me her name. And I saw this big plume of hair and I could get kind of a sense of her clothes. And that was all I could do for, you know, for a long time, <laughs> excuse me. And then it, you know, every day she'd like show up and look at me and like have the same sort of stern look on her face and the same, I would hear, I'm your birth guide. And then I realized like that sounds different than my thoughts. So that's how I started to really get that texture between her and I and her voice and my thoughts. And after experiencing that over and over, she talks different than I do. Her, her cadence is much different than I am. I am sort of like, um, you know, kind of, I like to use terms of endearment. That's just how I speak and kind of, you know, bubbly and you, you guys know I'm kind of hyper. <gasps> She is uh, very monotone, very stern, very different than I am. She's not playful at all. Thank you very much. But why that's important for me is because I appreciate how different we are, like in a big way, because it was a sort of saving grace for me to know the difference between her and I, right? I could see her, but that Claire audience did take some time. Okay. So again, when you're born Claire audience, all outside voices sound like your own thinking voice because you've integrated them since you were little kids. So you, we've like integrated that, that the talking, talking, talking just sounds like our own thinking voice. Cause that's how we had to categorize it when we were little, right? I'm sure when we were tiny, we all went to our parents and said, I hear something or I, you know, I'll, I, you know, whatever. And that was like, no, that that's not happening or no, that's not real. And so we categorize it in just to thoughts. So I, I just, for those of you that are clairaudient, obviously I've gone off on a tangent because I care about <laughs> how we've done that, how we've integrated, um, these things and how we have to learn to get voices outside of us, i.e. thoughts, but i.e. voices outside of us to realize that they're coming from other beings. Okay. Um, so this is how I, you know, this is how I learned about her. This is how I learned to listen to her. This is how I learned to know she was always there. And then once I could in this controlled environment, sense where, what, what her energy felt like and where she was, um, you know, in my day to day life, I could sense that energy, you know, at different, she's usually to my right, but I could sense where she was in my day. So all these years later, and I have a relationship with her, um, I just have to sort of ask and sense, and she's right there. And I know that. And I mean, at a minimum, that makes me feel safer. At a minimum, it makes me feel more grounded and more in control of my life and more, um, you know, I had a lot of, um, energy of feeling very alone in my early life. And so she, she makes me feel less alone, right? These are minimal things. She does so much more, but, um, 
I want to just as a quick little story, I was working with a student and she came to me and she said, I have a new guide. And I said, I'm so excited. Now tell me about her. I see her over there. Now tell me what she looks like. And my student closed her eyes and went into her head. And I'm like, oh, honey, she's not in your head. She's standing outside of you. And so one, I, I want to help all of us get things out of our minds because they're not in our minds and they're not in our bodies and they're not in our auras. These things are outside of us. So, you know, my goal as a psychic coach is to teach fellow sensitives how to get information out of them, <laughs> you know, be brave to look outside. Oh, she's there. And then when I encouraged her to look, okay, I'm like, show me where she's standing. And she pointed exactly where I saw the being. And I said, now tell me, you know, tell me about her hair. Tell me about her eye color, you know, tell me about her clothes. And she was really able to get all the information out of her mind. Cause we can use our clairvoyance, which is internal, obviously, but it's such an important step to get psychic information outside of us so that we do not carry that within our bodies, right? Within our minds, within our eyes, within our heads, it's outside of us. So let's experience it the way it is, right? If I'm standing in front of her, um, and she wants to look at me, she doesn't close her eyes and remote view me. You know, she could absolutely, but that's not how we, you know, we interact with our physical environment. And so when we're talking about guides, the looking outside is a advanced step. It is a healthy step because sensitives are often so burdened with carrying all this information and all this crap inside of us. So, um, I'm passionate about that because I've seen a lot of us, you know, close our eyes and it's in there, but if we can stop remote viewing and remote view outside, you don't just use our clairvoyance outside of us to, and then maybe your clairsentience, right? To sense where she's standing perhaps first, right? So anyway, it's super fascinating. Um, I want to also say about how to connect with your birth guide. At the beginning of my career, I wanted so badly to teach my first students this and I just did not have my personality um, up and running yet. <laughs> you know, I was still a little bit of a ass kisser and, um, you know, timid and insecure, obviously. So I told all of them this method and I didn't tell it to them the way I'm telling it to you with the authority that I have, you know, 13 years later or whatever. But, you know, my later students... I say, this is your foundation. This is why you're here. You've asked me to teach you how to connect to your intuition. This is first step number one. You need to have a relationship with your birth guide. And I remember being at like a, a group meeting and I had, and, um, I had invited my older students and, uh, we were talking about birth guides and I said this with such authority. And one of my earlier students said, you never told me that. And yes, I wanted to jump across the table and strangle her <laughs> because I absolutely told her this, but she didn't do it. She didn't believe me. She didn't listen. She didn't whatever. And that, you know, she's got free will, man. So it wasn't my job to do it for her. But I also understood I said it, um, so timidly and I did not drive this point home in the early days, but here we are. And when it comes to your birth guide, Having a relationship with the birth guide is the most important thing. Um, you know, 
step two, the most important thing of understanding your intuition. Step one, obviously, is what we talked about last week. Your clairs, understanding your intuitive language, which is your clairs. First thing that's important. Second thing important, understanding and having a relationship with this birth guide. It is so important. Um, since that group, many of my older students are working with me because I am training in a new way and they are leaning on the birth guide, um, uh, much more than they had in the early days because I drive this point home. But I also want to say, cause I still see this in some of my earlier students. One of the reasons you resist, I did too. I, I admitted this at the beginning of the podcast. One of the reasons we, we resist having a relationship with the birth guide is because they're demanding. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror, really. And maybe you don't want to see what's in the reflection because that means you have to do something. So I have a student and she has a lovely guide that is super funny and adorable. And I could talk to him all day long, but she resists talking to the birth guide because the birth guide is a lot like my guide where she is more stern. She is more serious. She is more directive. And in a lot of ways, that's a lot of pressure and responsibility for my student. And that's one of the reasons she doesn't just link into her birth guide. So I, I wanted to share that story with you to put it in the context that when I say get a relationship with your birth guide, there can be resistance. And if you're feeling that, I honor that with you. And we're going to go into step four um, to encourage you why it's so important. And on the other side, the relationship is nothing but wonderful. But at this point, I want to honor the resistance is because it is, it is a big deal. Like looking at yourself and what you've come to do in life is a big deal. And many of us, you know, my, my early life prayer is why am I here? What was I born to do? You know, I'd already had like three major careers. You know, I was a real estate agent. I was living in New York city as an electrologist. I was in the stock brokerage company. I mean, I, I, I was all over the place cause I just quite couldn't find my, my landing. <laughs> and by the way, I never wanted to be a psychic medium. I did not want that at all much like I did not want to come from a broken home, you know, all these things we don't want. So we resist it, even though it's absolutely who we are. So it's a big deal and I get it. And if you're resisting the birth guide, it's probably because you're resisting a part of yourself and, you know, looking at my birth guide made me look at myself and I'm a psychic medium and I did not want to be that. And, you know, 10 years later, there's nothing else I would rather be. There's nobody else I would rather be than what I am today. And I love the way I feel and I love the way I look in the world. And, um, I understand my role. I've accepted my role. And so here I am talking to you uh, about how this part animates in your precious life. So I'm at full circle here. Okay. So let's get into the, the last reason, you know, um, the relationship that you have with your birth guide, you know, how to have a relationship with your birth guide. Okay. As I said, I started my relationship with my guide in a controlled way. 
um, when I started to sit down every day at the same time, you know, it's kind of like scheduling an appointment with yourself or it's like scheduling an appointment with the, with the guide, um, to, with the intention of talk to me, you know, let's get to know each other. Um, let me see how, (coughs) excuse me, let me see how all of this feels. And so I would, you know, for the, for the first couple of months, it ha- you have to be a little bit indifferent. You ha- you can't take everything quite so personal because you're still sort of sorting things out, right? Um, so you, you're in a place of just witnessing and perhaps listening. And, you know, if you have a question, of course, maybe I would invite you, uh, you know, as you get into the relationship to start asking questions and then write down in your journal what the answer to those questions are. And um, again... <laughs> Good Lord, it's tickly. Um, this is building, it takes time. Like with any relationship, it just takes time. And I encourage you to really try to get a look at what they look like. And I would encourage you to start listening to them and just journaling it. Don't take any action on what you hear at the beginning. And like I said, if you do this long enough, then if you're afraid, if you have this relationship established with that birth guide, they can just be so much more helpful when you're like, for me, my fear voice is still the loudest voice in the room. If, if it hits that level. So you sit down, you listen, you observe, and then, and then you take it into your life, right? Else you, you know, for me, I had to learn to, you know, I had to teach myself to say, which direction do you want me to go? <laughs> you know, and not like here or right. So I would go left. Like I had to just train myself to start listening and surrendering and trusting. And um, it took me a long time to really understand how serious she was. So I, again, I appreciate that because I, as a psychic medium, uh, professionally and out in the world, I have a lot of spiritual obstacles to go through every day. And if I'm fuddy duddy and if my guide's dicking around or, you know, that's not helpful. So she is very concise with me. Um, I'm going to tell a quick story. So probably even 10 years ago, she had been guiding me. We had had this relationship for, you know, three, four years. And, she tried to get me to have boundaries with a family member. And I know she was fully active with it. She was very passionate about trying to get me because the, the relationship was so damaging. And I, out of my big heart, literally invited this person into my house for a month. And I, you know, the person had lost their house. It was foreclosed on. And I just, my nature is goodness and kindness and I want to help I have a big helper guide and I like to help people. So I invited the very person into my home and my children were babies. And, um, when I sat down, I'd already made this, (coughs) excuse me. I already made the decision. The person was already like on their way. And I sat down so ignorantly and asked my guide how this was going to go. And she yelled at me and she left. And I kind of thought like this was like a fluke. I didn't quite understand what was going on. And so when I sat down to meditate the next day, I had to literally ask another guide, where'd she go? Because she was not there. And my other guide said, she has to go away to get more information because you are not listening. You're not listening to her the way 
She wants you to, you know, the way you need to be to stay safe. And yeah, I felt shameful and I felt like I did something wrong and it was very confused. Um, about two weeks, about two weeks later, she came back and I was very humbled. You know, sometimes we think that they're like these indifferent beings and yeah, you're guiding me, but you don't care that much. Right. So I was very humbled and I, I teach this story a lot because I want you to know from the get go that they care so much. It is their, it is their existence while you're here. Okay. They are all hands on deck for the, the totality of your earthly life. They care so much. Um, it wasn't that I had done something wrong. It's that she had to, she felt like she had to do something different and learn something different so that she could inspire me to really pay more attention to this stuff. So I, you know, from my point of view, maybe I wanted to be the good person that I am and maybe I needed it to look the way I thought it should look rather than I'm a good person, whether I help that person or not. You know, like it's learn, you know, being humbled enough to know it's not your job to save the world. And sometimes it's not even your business, right? So my, my guide helped me and humbled me to have a little bit more like yes and no. Okay. You're telling me this and I unequivocally understand, you know, so that <laughs> moment in our relationship has, it did change everything. Now, when she says anything, I a hundred percent trust her now because the aftermath of what I allowed into my house, um, you know, it was a mess. I had to take like another three years to clean up when I shouldn't have done it in the first place. So that was sort of the way I tortured myself as I would, um, take on things that were absolutely not mine to take on and I would pay the price, um, in all of the levels of my being, I would pay the price for that. So you put that day to day and, you know, you know, and then that doesn't have to be day to day because then it just integrates into your day. Um, but when you put that foundation in with your birth guide, um, like I said, so then you're driving and she talks to you, you do what she says, or, you know, even like, how does that look today? Like my son will sit down and go, oh, we ask your guide. Obviously he has his own guides too, but um, my family looks to me to ask my guide what to do. And they're not like magicians. So they don't like, they're not like Santa Claus magicians. They don't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you the truth. And sometimes they block the truth from you because by the way, you're in an, a human experience and some things you're just going to have to go through, you know, you know what I mean? Some things they just, they're not going to tell you because you have to just go through it. Cause that's kind of the point of life. So I hope this starts these, um, you know, I start, I hope this starts the energy, uh, going forward for you about what the possibilities are. Um, as a tiny side note, yes, some mediums have so many entities around them. This will never be as simplistic. I had that too, by the way. So I want to let you know you're not alone. And, um, it wasn't until 2013, I was finally, introduced to a dowser that helped me understand how to deal with the other, um, you know, lower vibrational things that can come in. Like, let's not be naive or ignorant around that. 
Uh, one of the reasons we resist looking at spirits and talking to them is it could be absolutely not your birth guide at all. So I want to make sure we're um, including that reality. Um, but I, th- in my work over the last, you know, 13 years, that's rarer than most people are okay enough to just start that relationship with their guides because it's a natural part of being human and for all of us to access help in the spiritual realm um, and direct it to one being. Um, Of course, I want to just fill this out a little bit more. Um, You know, we've been created and you know, kind of the point of creation was some of us, you know, we're all created to be somebody, something, right? Um, so though there's the creator, so I'm just going to use the word God. Um, I still, my intention is always to, you know, God's will is my will, right? Cause I want to be in, in the most refined alignment with reality as I can as a multi-sensory being. I have to link up as fine as I can to be as truthful and as honest and to get through the day as refined as I can. So I link to God, but God is also connected to my guide, which is connected to me, right? I am my children's mother. I'm not their God. I'm their mother. I'm their creator in the third dimension, but I didn't create their soul. And so I, you know, my, my, of course, you know, can you imagine if my children looked at me and said, I don't need you. I have God. I mean, that would be ridiculous. I'm their earthly mother. Um, so if you, if you, if somebody has a bad attitude about a guide, that is the same as somebody dismissing their earthly <laughs> protection, you know, their earthly anchor. So our birth guides are these anchors to our soul, to our creator, to like the most refined and vibrant and effervescent versions of ourselves, our soul, our spirit, our guide, our God, all in alignment. Um, and when we are in alignment, we are not confused. We can go through and get through anything because no, nobody gets through this life without something. <laughs> Some of us more than others, right? I know. I know you understand. So that's it, man. That Those are the four things that I think it's important for you to know about your birth guide. I think that's fills out the picture of the whys and the hows and the what's the points. Um, these are all questions I had when I was trying to uh, refine all this information myself. So... I'm so excited to see what you think about these four steps. Um, I'm excited to see what you do with them. I'm excited to see how beautiful your life will change when you have this pure relationship with a being that is specifically devoted to what you've come to do in this life and who you've come to be. And I know it's the psychic, it's, it's the sensitives that struggle the most with what, what the hell was I born to do in this life. It is harder for us because... As I've said before, if a woodworker walks into the room, you think you're now interested in woodworking and the person didn't even open their mouth. <laughs> so anyway, that's it for this week. As always, if you want to check out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take that quiz, which is the strongest Claire in you. And I've had some people ask, so I want to remind you, if you're enjoying this podcast, go to iTunes and subscribe. And then also, if you feel called to, guided to, leave me a review so that we can let other sensitives know that this is the place that they belong as well, right? We're all in this together and we understand each other. So 
That's it for this week, and I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.